Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Welcome to our podcast, Get Educated or Be Enslaved. Episode 1273, air date July 21st, 2023. All right, I think we're live. All right, good evening, everyone. Hi. This is Dr. Shiva Adure. We're going to be doing a conversation with Josh Reed from Red Pills. TV on, um, we're going to talk about a bunch of things, Future of America, right before the start here. Uh, Josh and I were really talking about, you know, the, uh, for my, as everyone knows, the hypocrisy of what's going on to confuse the American people once again, not only with the obvious establishment, but the not so obvious establishment, like people like Trump and Kennedy. And the goal is to sucker them back in the establishment so people don't build these bottoms up movements. And that's what's going on. And Josh, you may know everything we've been doing since me as a kid has always been about bottoms up movement. And our movement for truth, freedom and health now spans in 120 countries. We have about 350,000 people in the United States. People are waking up. The only last hurdle they need to let go of is Trump and Kennedy were literally the two fangs that the establishment is putting in to sucker people back into the establishment. And I think in the context of that, you wanted to talk about transhumanism and biowarfare. So yeah. where would you like to start? Well, I think we start with biowarfare because I think that that's a, a grand perspective that you can actually come in on when we start talking about what happened in 2020 specifically with COVID, with Operation Warp Speed and the development of the vaccine thereafter and how this has been perpetuated on mankind. Because I think that that leads into a lot of what we're seeing on the global agenda as well as more of the national agenda here. And, and kind of what you're saying is, um, I, I agree with you on the sense of the the machine, the established machine. And we, we were talking about this before, that Trump came in for four years and he didn't switch away from the establishment. He didn't he didn't remove the people from the bureaucracy in the deep state. He did the best he could, maybe with the time that he had. But the problem is, is the system's not broken. The system was built this way. And we have to really go back to the roots of this country, the found foundational constitutional aspects that derived the, the sovereignty of this nation, the sovereignty of its people, and, and look at that and maybe even look at kind of how we are operating government in this day and age. The 20th century really did a number on the United States of America and how this country was ran, especially with a lot of different constitutional amendments, the 13th, the, the 16th, the 20th, so forth, that came in there and took the power really away from the people that had a system of checks and balances in place already in the sense of budgetary concerns, in the sense of the production of money. These things were removed to basically move the people out of the way and put corporations, private entities, and foreign entities in place in control of the federal government. And this is why we have this massive bureaucracy and establishment today. And why when people like Trump or Kennedy or Biden or Obama, whoever comes in, they become puppets of these multi-conglomerates and foreign nationals. Well, well, you have to correct yourself there. You, you know, this is where we have to be very, very careful. They didn't not become puppets. They were always puppets. You know, if you look at the swarm video, I don't know if you saw that, right? It really mm -hmm. describes what these people are. So, you know, you have to go way before even the constitution to understand this. And you have to take a systems approach to this. So all of this stuff, um, you know, system science has been around for thousands of years. In the modern world, it came around in the 1900s. But what is system science? It's basically a, a, a fundamental way. All the elites learn system science. They learn it at places like MIT and Harvard and Tufts and Kennedy School of Government. But it is the fundamental understanding how large-scale systems work. What is a system? First of all, a system is a bunch of interconnected parts 
where the thing that emerges is greater than the sum of the parts. And there is a physics to that, which is not something you learn in any discipline. It's a much more larger uh, world and it involves nine fundamental principles, which people learn in engineering school, people can learn it. Kissinger knows system science. George Soros is one of the fathers in the field of reflexivity, okay? So you have a bunch of cavemen and one guy brings fire. He completely becomes the leader because he can now denature food, he can do all sorts of things. System science is like that fire. Those people who understand system science are the ones who drive the forces of power, profit, and control. And this is something that most of the world does not know. And with that knowledge, a very small set of people are controlling 8 billion people. And that's what that swarm video was about. Because I used to teach this at MIT, right? Mm -hmm. PhD students, master students, and that science is what we've now brought to the masses like Prometheus bringing fire. So when you go down to this foundational understanding, you start realizing at a very quick point, Trump is not a puppet. It's the wrong words. He is part of the swarm. Robert Kennedy's not part of the puppet. He's part of the swarm, a willing member of the swarm. What is this swarm? It is since the time of, you know, if you go by, back to, by the way, you talked about biowarfare. Biowarfare goes back to, you know, Greek times, you know, 3,000, 4,000 years. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it goes back a long time. So it was typically used against people. And the elites have had a small set of them and the mass of slaves. It went through slavery and then you had peasants and now you have the wage slavery class, right? And through every one of these periods, the goal of all of this has been to ensure how do a small set of people manage these large sets of people. And these small sets of people are actually building their own innovations and how to manipulate. It's not like they just figured out one way. So if you look at that arc of human history, we have to put the American Revolution in context. The American Revolution was not a revolution of working people rising up. It was, it was a revolution of the merchant class rising up over the feudal class. Okay. So we had hunter-gatherer societies. We had feudal society. This was a rise of, you know, um, early market capitalism. And the early merchants were rising against the kingly class. They weren't really for all the working people. So they had to throw a few bones to make sure the working people would fight on their behalf against the king. And at that point, it was a revolution, okay? At that point in history. So they gave people the Bill of Rights and certain things, but they always went one step forward and two steps back. If you go look at the foundations of that movement, it was still done by lawyers, by and large. They kept the concept of nobility, the esquire, right? Which means one level below a knighthood, one level above, you know, gentlemen. And, but they ensured that the legislative uh, and the executive branches, you know, they went a certain bit forward, but the judicial branch was completely backward. When you walk into a court in the United States, you're in the fifth century on a good day. So we have to understand this in context, but fundamentally the swarm, as I call it, which is much better than calling it the swamp, the swamp denotes a particular location. The swarm denotes the fact that it is decentralized. It's multiracial, okay? It's global and it is composed of people from all different walks of life. But the forces of power include probably the top 100 university presidents. It includes those people who run the top 100 nonprofits, right? WEF, a, you know, Clinton Global Initiative. You go down the list, okay? And it involves, you know, uh, the heads of uh, many of the central banks, okay? And you have those. And then you have the forces of profit, okay? which really involves, you know, you could go down to the hedge fund managers, 
right? The big investment bank guys, you know, the top 100 CEOs. And that involves the forces of control, which involves Hollywood, okay? Which involves the influencers like Fucker Carlson, okay? Which are presented to people as though he's a fighter, but he isn't. And, 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 and then they have the quote-unquote influencers like Joe Rogan, who's owned by Ari Emanuel. And front-facing to them, they have two front ends. One is the obvious establishment politicians, right? Like the Clintons on the quote-unquote left and like the Bushes, right? Like the Bidens, etc. But the key weapon that came out in the 1950s by these forces of power was they said, fuck, we cannot have people rising bottoms up. We saw what occurred in the 20s. We saw good revolutionary movements come up and that when working people independent of the left and right united organically in decentralized ways, the establishment got screwed. They had to give serious gains to the working masses, right? That included the eight hour workday, the 1900s. That included clean water, clean food, elimination of child labor. That occurred when nearly 150 million people struck in the United States in over 11,000 strikes. But starting in the McCarthy era, all of those working class movements were branded as leftist, communist, or not even leftist, just Marxist and communist. And the quote unquote left leaders like the Kennedys of the time and the Soros's of the time and the AOCs took over these unions. So during 1900 to 1970, and everyone should read wonderful piece of work done by you know the Rand Corporation, they did a good piece of work. As the economy grew, the GDP, as the American pie grew, every income quartile's wages grew, every one grew. But after 19, after 1970, when the overtaking of the unions took place top down by the Democrats and the, and the mafia and the Kennedys, and people got fucked by their right by Wall Street, between 1970 to today, you only had maybe 2 million people striking in maybe 900 strikes. And, and they're all perfunctory strikes done by these bourgeois top-down union leaders. And during that period, the American pie did grow again. GDP grew. But what actually ended up happening was the pie for the first income quartile shrunk by about $47 trillion. That wealth was transferred to the Elon Musk, to the Donald Trump, to the Kennedys. And the pandemic, we talk about biowarfare, that was all about transfer of wealth. And if you think about this, is, you know, I've been a student of politics since I was a four-year-old kid, all right? I've been an activist since I was 17 years old, never voted for any of these parties. But what you have to understand is that if you go back to 1984, they knew that the establishment shoulders were starting to have their cracks. People were figuring them out. So they created the Tea Party on the right. And then on the left, if you remember in 84, they created the Rainbow Party led by Jesse Jackson. And his job was to get people excited, talk all the words Trump talked or the, the, the words that Kennedy steals from us, <clears throat> and then maneuver people back into one wing of the establishment. Jesse Jackson did it in a classic way, he talked all this shit. And on the floor of the Democratic Convention, he goes, we must vote for the lesser of two evils. By the way, you got a private plane for that. That's what I heard. OK. People should go check yeah. it out. I should go. I, I, don't, I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it. Right. And then. And then that went along and then they had the bushes for a while. And after that, people got really pissed off after 9-11. So then they created the hope, Obama. And 57% of Trumpers voted for Obama because they needed someone to sucker in the working class. Why? Because the American working class 
that the elites recognized in the 1900s were the tip of the spear of the global movement for serious change. And they needed to blunt them. So they brought, they manufactured Obama out of thin air, brought this guy in and all these white working class people and Trumpers voted for him. And then what did he do? He screwed over the working class people in 2008 in that White House meeting. He gave all of the big banks a free check, bailed them out when they should have all crashed. Okay, because they were all his buddies. And Rahm Emanuel was his chief of staff who engineered all of that, who's, by the way, Ari Emanuel's brother, who runs Hollywood. He's Trump's agent, Joe Rogan's agent. He runs UFC and he runs WWE. Okay, yep. he runs theater. So elites are sitting around. They say, shit, the white working class has figured us out. What do we do? Okay, if elections are selections, which they are, and all the Trumpers, because I was in the epicenter of exposing all of this. And if you believe elections are selection, by the way, I gave money to Trump. Like I mentioned to you, Josh, I put up yeah. a thousand signs from here. So I didn't just wear a MAGA hat and, oh, yeah, Trump, oh, lock her up. No, I was on the ground. So you can shut the fuck up if you don't agree with this. But here's the bottom line. Donald Trump was selected. Why was he selected? Because he needed to serve a role to make sure the American working class would not say, wait a minute, but we just got fucked by Obama. OK, we know the obvious establishment, Hillary, no one is going to vote for her. And that's why Bernie was brought in at that time. To he, Bernie is the Trump of the left. OK, mm -hmm. or Trump is a Bernie of the right, whichever way you want to say it. So they had Bernie there riling up all these young kids. And then he suckered people into the. Uh, uh, well, let me ask you this. I mean, and you just described this 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 long historical lesson for everybody out there. Uh, with a good level of accuracy too, um, but but there's there's problems here. Is there's hidden hands all throughout this? I mean, the, the creation of the United States of America, we know that this was directly influenced by the East India Company. Alexander Hamilton's uncle yeah. was one of the heads of the East India Company who gave the first ten million dollars. Absolutely, gave the first ten million dollars for the United States revolution. of America when right. they came out. You know, the formulation of our systems of government that took that went over a 16 year period into 1792 to when it first became established. And, you know, it might not be the greatest thing in the world. And it might be set up back then, even for those the, the capitalists during that time. And that's exactly how it was. You had to be a capitalist but, but in order Josh, to vote that, that time. Capitalism didn't even come into being until the late 1600s. Okay. The concept of a wage class. Uh, I agree. So but but that, you still had to be a capitalist in order to vote. Right. In that but at time that frame. You had to be a landowner. Right. But at that point in history, capitalism was an advancement over feudal lords. Okay. Agreed. Yep. So, but we have expanded during the industrial, even Karl Marx wrote a letter from the first international to, um, uh, Abraham Lincoln saying that you are a revolutionary for your time because he was fighting against slavery, which have expanded the growth of capitalism. Marx wasn't pro-capitalist or anti-capitalist. He was always looking at things from a historical materialism standpoint. Mm -hmm. And at that point in time, the American Revolution was revolutionary because overthrowing these feudal lords, because remember, the concept of the working class had really not developed. People were still worked on a land. Well, you, 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 didn't, you didn't have the Industrial Revolution during that time. That's why slavery right, was still right. very, but very now, prominent. The, but by the late 1800s, 1900s, you have the Industrial Revolution. Correct. And a class emerges called the working class, where people get paid a wage. They're not sitting in someone's kingdom 
and they have to get certain foods and they have to give 30% or 60% to their master, right? Now it is a, you, you pay, you, you do a piece of piece. It's a new work. form of slavery is what it it's was. It's called wage slavery. Okay. Yeah. But in order to get to wage slavery, the bourgeois at that time had to give the masses a little more rights. So it was definitively far more right than you sitting in a little plot of land where, you know, you were the king's bitch and he could come and rape your wife if he wanted, mm-hmm. right? You had a little more, significantly more rights. So you have to, under in the capitalist system, the workers were given a little bit more rights because they didn't want them to revolt, okay? But that's what we're at. So now, what is the next trajectory of society? Because where we're at now is that the, the mistake that Marx made was Marx thought that we would get removed from our machines, right? We would fight against the factory. But in fact, what's happened is we've become closer to our machines. And I don't think Marx could have predicted that this iPhone would have come and we would have become one with this, right? And that's where that's going. So the the fight against the machines didn't take place. In fact, the machines and humans are integrating in some sense, right? We rely on the machines. And I don't think Marx could have predicted that, right? Retrospectively, Marx made some very, very good predictions and you have to give it to them. In fact, 99% of his work was retrospective. Only 1% was looking into the future. Well, so and if you take that in the context today, I mean, 2014, Klaus Schwab put out the Fourth Industrial Revolution, his book. And if you look at that as a, a proponent of Marx, then Klaus Schwab well, makes some good points as well in the sense of how labor is drastically going to change away from human labor into automation and that people have to become uh, reskilled or learn new skills and traits and so forth like this to survive within society and that this is going to be a big burden on society. And here's the thing is I don't disagree with Klaus Schwab on Well, let me, tell you where, let me tell you where Klaus Schwab gets it wrong. Okay, first of all, you know, when Engels died, he said the worst people in the world are Marxists, okay? So Kla- whenever someone says they're Marxists like Klaus Schwab, the guy probably never read any of this stuff. And he probably never understood that if you look at Adam Smith's work and Marx's work, they're very similar. They were both actually liberals, classic liberals. And Marx was actually fundamentally asking this question. If you read the first chapter of Das Kapital, he asked this question, you have a creator, the creative force in you. And the idea was that the state gets involved between you and the creative force. Okay. And the goal was ultimately eliminate the state. Okay. Lenin came next and wrote state and revolution. Marx didn't talk about how you engineer that, but he did know that the state needed to be destroyed by the working people. Uh, taking over the productive forces. This did now the Marxists, like the AOCs and the Bernie Sanders and the Klaus Schwab, they don't want to talk about a revolution of working people rising up and seizing the means of production. That is truly the teeth of Marxism. They want to remove that teeth. They still want to call themselves Marxists, but they do not want working people to truly rise up and actually seize a means of production. Okay, so they want to talk about how they're going to engineer it from top down. Right. And that is what modern Marxism is. It's about you're going to sort of do a peaceful revolution. Okay, you're going to sort of ameliorate all these class differences. Right. right? There's no fucking such thing. And this is why, you know, Lenin's work, State and Revolution, is so extraordinarily powerful, because in the first chapter of State and Revolution and Lenin, I think, got this right. He says and he's looking at a point in history and he's realizing that there are all these Marxists running around in Russia and they're saying, well, you know, the czar is not such a bad guy. We could work with him. OK, like fucking Booby Kennedy and Donald Trump. 
Okay, we they're the social democrats of our time. You know what? We don't really need to seize the means of production working. Vote for me because I'm booby fucking Kennedy and I'll steal all of Dr. Shiva's words, a real true revolutionary. And you'll like me and Donald Trump will say, lock her up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm a redneck. I want to lock her up. Right. I want drain the swamp. Oh, yeah. And what does he do for four years? He fucks you over. And that is the way that you ameliorate the masses, because the elites every day, they're getting data feeds every day through Palantir and through the Kennedy School of Government, they know the pulse of the masses. In 2016, they knew the masses globally were done with them. How many massive movements were taking place between 2016 to 2019? I mean, there was 5 million people striking on the streets of France, Chile. And what were they striking against? Wages, corruption. And so they needed Trump. It was engineered. They needed this fucking fool who would be their front man to lock her up, drain the swamp, build the wall. And what did he do? The day lock her up was a slogan. Come on, Josh. Hundreds of lock her up, lock her up. The We're in it together. <laughs> special prosecutor. And by the way, I was in the middle of this because in 2014, I was called by the New York Times as the inventor of email by the New York Times. Dr. Shiva, what do you think about Hillary Clinton's server? I said she should be in jail. And why did I say that? Because I installed the entire U.S. Senate's email system. And you cannot, out of the sergeant of arms, take anything out of there, okay? For a fact that the secretary of state took a private server, put it in her basement, shows she wanted deniability. And one of the most senior State Department officials pulled me aside. They said, Shiva, what you're saying is absolutely right. She should be in jail. Long before Trump, I said this. Now, oh, the New York she, Times she, she should be in jail not only for taking it out, but for the contents of the 33,000 missing emails that were asked for. Right, which, right. Which we've done the research and we know what was in those emails. Right. Right. And, but, and, and it's bad. But the point is, Josh, a, a government official took a server and you talk to any State Department official, the level of scrutiny they have, what you take out. Yeah. Now, uh, son, you can go read the New York Times interview. I said this woman, I said she did it for deniability. Now, so Trump uses that and he says, lock her up. The, the night of that ending when he wins. OK, Chelsea Clinton and. Ivanka Trump meet, right, like lovers, and everything goes away. And he says, oh, she suffered too much. That was Trump. And then a few days later, people are chanting, lock her up. Not like, and he goes, well, that was for the election, quote, unquote. If you want, I'll play you the video. That was for the election. Now we move on. He's just basically saying, fuck you to the masses. Okay? So anyone who supports Trump after hearing that, well, he's spitting in your face. He's saying, fuck you. I'm a theater actor, and I did that. Now let's move on. And how did he move on? Well, during the election, he said, big pharma sucks. Well, on his inauguration party, he was given a million dollars from Pfizer. And we can keep going on. Well, okay? he, was given, he was given that in the 2020 election as well. Going into the 2020 election, the Pfizer was the biggest contributor to the Joe Biden and Donald Trump campaigns. Right. So now, if, you are by, if you are on principles, you don't accept that donation. Okay. Agreed. And, agreed. and what, what, what the consciousness of and there's still a lot of people out there who are pissed off that he has not denounced Operation Warp Speed, the vaccine, well, and everything else. Well, 12 hours, eight hours before we walked out of the White House, mm -hmm. and every Trumper needs to hear this. Put it around his neck. Fauci's he neck. He gave Fauci a commendation medal, yep. okay, for Operation Warp Speed, along with Jared Kushner <laughs> and Millie. You can read the list. And no, very few press covered this. 
He gave him a medal of honor for the Operation Warp Speed. So if you're saying, oh, yeah, I'm against Fauci and he was, you know, he was trying to I couldn't do anything. The swamp. Well, why the fuck are you giving an award? You don't have to do that. It's a presidential commendation. Oh, well, he was forced to do it. You see, so we have abuse victims here. You know, no different than someone coming and beating someone every day. Oh, he gave me flowers, but he, yeah, he kicked the shit out of you. You have like your eyeballs falling out. Yeah, but he's so nice. He gave me some flowers today. That is Donald Trump. And these people do it with such efficacy and such efficiency because at a deep level, Josh, and I've been among these people, okay? I had many opportunities to join them. They use the word, and I've heard them use this quote, the masses are asses. Number two, when you go get a signature from Trump and those people, Hollywood people, when you walk away, they'll say, what a fucking star fucker that Josh Reed is. It's a star fucker, you know? So they call people. <laughs> they hate the masses. They hate you. They're not one of us. And so we need to get this at a very deep level. Well, so th there's a few things here. And, and I'm not in disagreement with your assessment because your assessment is historically correct in the sense of the actions, right? We should judge a person by the content of their character and their actions. And, and when we start looking at it like this, yes, there are a lot of red flags. But this goes for any politician. But no, 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 wait, stop right there. But do you see what you just did? I want, I want to look at your linguistics you just yeah, did. I said this goes for any politician. No, no, what was the word you did that? But. But is a very interesting word. Whenever I hear people say the word but, it is a word used to discount everything that was said before that. But is not the word however. But is a very powerful word. It means, yeah, 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 but yeah, it doesn't matter. Now, Kennedy was interviewed. It's a segment by, switch, right? By Megyn Kelly. We're going to go into the good Kennedy part of what in, I thought. Kennedy was interviewed by Megyn Kelly, mm -hmm. and she said, oh, and he's squirming in his chair like this, right? She goes, oh, you know, Herschel Walker um, said he was a conservative, and he's for life, but he had three abortions, right? All right. Um, hold on one second. Can you tell this guy that... Take his call. Hold on one second. Tell him uh, we'll meet with him. It's a friend of mine coming from overseas. Sorry. Tell him that you're my assistant. Okay. Um, tell him to come over here. Okay. Um, so anyway, if you look at what, um, uh, what was I just talking about? About, um, I lost my train of thought. My Josh. butt comment. Well. No, no, but. So what, yeah. so what I'm saying is, so he's being interviewed and Megyn Kelly says, you know, I want to talk a little in a Herschel walk. And then he behaved like this. It's outwardly says he's pro-life, but in his kitchen back there. Oh, listen, all these fuckers are not pro-life. No, all, no, but, but let me finish. And then yeah, he says, and, you know, JFK had his thing and your, you know, your father, this and your uncle fucking killed a woman, Chappaquiddick. And he's like going like this because he's and she didn't ask him the hard questions. What about the fact that you had. 28, 38 philandering relationships while you were married and your wife hung herself, okay? What about the fact that you prayed over your wife's casket well, and the next day you had the body exhumed? Now, his no, his father it. had Marilyn Monroe killed and uh, Mark Shaw, That's who's a journalist and so, investigator. So you know, yeah, you know so what he says? He used the big These people are but. criminals. These he, people he, are criminals. Right, but he used the big butt. He said, well, you know. People use button conversation all the time. Integrity. And I was using that as a segue in the sense no, of no, what I Josh, was going to say. Let me, let me finish this point. He said personal integrity and public integrity are two different things. The, the elites have a moral value system, which is true leaders in a, from a deeply philosophical, spiritual standpoint are supposed to uplift all of us with the highest levels of integrity, the highest levels of actually their words match their deeds. These people are degenerates. I, I agree. I, I right. agree. 
So there's no but. We don't need to have a but anymore. Well, no, no, there is because there's there's more here, and I want I want to show you this because no, there's the, no but. The power behind Trump. Trump. The power behind Trump is not Trump. All right. The power behind Trump is the people. It is the populist movement that has been created as a result of Trump. Okay. No, we're no, doing, no. Wrong. We're, we're, uh, absolutely. I'll tell you right no. now from, from 2010 to current day to 2010 to current day, there has been a transitional shift in the way how people consume data and information, how people consume uh they're news, okay? We went from Walker Concrete, 60 minutes, 30 minutes, to two to three minute clips, 30 second clips, to memes and tweets on social media, okay? What happened there is this transition. Trump came out with the fake news, and maybe that was planned, maybe it wasn't, but what happened from that is you had this devolution away from the mainstream media media, and the creation of exactly what we're seeing here today, exactly but, what but, you're but doing Josh, today on YouTube and what we're doing Josh, today on historically, Rumble. Whenever new technology comes, people always think that technology is something major. The issue is who controls that technology, okay? I, I agree. But so no, it's, not, it's to, not who controls the technology. It's who controls the information in that technology. No, it's, it's who controls the means of production of that technology, okay? So really? If you go well, back to well the, that, we just looked at that in 2020. When go I got the, censored on six different platforms, yeah, I but got let's, demonetized. Let's go and guess what? I'm still doing this. I they, they haven't shut me down. Why? Because there's other people that will rise up in the advent. So let's go. Let's let's go back to. There was a time. There's something called the printing press that got created, which actually was invented in China first. Okay, to Agreed. give credit yep. where it's due. Um. And and so, um, when that got created, okay, the printing press got created. Something extraordinary occurred, right? People thought, "Oh my God, I can print my papers." I will. This populist movement started arising. Okay. Because it was a new technology. I could print my own flyers, da, 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 da. Well, whenever any new technology comes, a naivete is, oh, it's going to render the population more freer, right? And you have the beginnings of that. But any of that technology ultimately gets cons consolidated by a finite set of people, okay? What ended up happening was four major public publications. I think someone's at the door. Four yeah. major publication companies developed, okay? Yeah. The Hearst, et cetera. And then when TV came, oh, my God, this is great. Right. All these small TV stations, you could point the camera. You went from theater to TV. Well, then you had the consolidation of that Viacom, News Corp, et cetera. When the Internet first came as being one of the pioneers of it in 1993, there were small or back in 78 when I created email. And when the idea was, oh, we would have these small Internet service providers, we would all build our own little websites and imagine the power. I wrote a book. I don't have it here called Arts and the Internet in 93. And a lot of my friends were artists. We would go direct. We would all build our own homesteading. And then what happens is the Silicon Valley came and they created four major portals, right? The Facebooks, the Twitters, a couple of other things. Mm -hmm. and, and people got lazy and they built their homesteads on these things instead of doing their own decentralized units. So that's what, so whenever technology comes, it always gives up to the some populist rise initially and it gets consolidated. Now, over the last hundreds of years, those studying history know this. So it's absolutely false to say Trump created this populist rise. He didn't. It no, was no, going. No. Trump's right. the lead. Trump is the, the, the face, the front man. So no, I, okay, no, no, if, he, if I said he, that he created it, I no, apologize. He, what no, I'm trying to say using, is that this movement that had a, 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 a disgrace of society, who is looking at their government as incompetent, as corrupt, as beyond repair, that movement all of them combined and fell in behind Trump. To what and what I'm trying to say is to no, what they were, we're hijacked. Here today. 
No, that's what I'm saying. There's a very important distinction here. We have to be very careful here. That movement has always existed, Josh, and it comes in waves. And every time the slaves rise up and when they start making gains, it's very important to understand the establishment builds their technology because they're also watching this behavior. We're not the only smart ones. Mm -hmm. So when people started rising up, and that's why 1900s are very important globally. In India, people are rising up in the Bolshevik Revolution. The U.S. movements were occurring all during that period. And the elite said, holy shit, these people are learning to organize in decentralized ways. So they created the not so obvious establishment. And by the 1970s, they had created individuals, people to be their puppets. In India, it was Mahatma Gandhi. In the civil rights movement, RFK created Martin Luther King, who was a black bourgeois. To take over the civil rights movement, he, had, he was so compromised and they had him as their front face. People like Malcolm X were put down. So they created these fake leaders. This is very important to understand. So they knew populist movements were going to come up and they were tracking them with all their data, with all their surveillance. In 2016, they knew that movement was going to come up. It's very different. And they put Trump there to hijack that movement. He was brought in to hijack that movement, just like Obama has. This is a very important distinction to understand. This was engineered. So Trump is engineered to hijack that movement. And for four years, he led the most destructive aspect of the American working class. $7.3 trillion were printed in one term. Six point, you know, a majority of that money was transferred to the elites. 600 billionaires increase, increase their wealth by 2.3 trillion. They're the ones who stayed open. He engineered that. If it was Hillary Clinton running that event, if it was Bernie Sanders, they would have been tarred and feathered. We would have had a revolution. They needed a white dude to do that to the white working class. And on top of that, they had this fucking Q movement, which is like some evangelicals preaching someone's going to come from the sky tomorrow. Oh, don't worry. He has to do this. This is seventh dimensional chess. Trump is a brilliant seventh. You know, he's running this back end, white hats, red hats. Bullshit. And what ended up happening was all these very proud American working class people were given handcuffs. And they were kept in abeyance. And during those four years, he, he marched down the path. Had Hillary Clinton been elected and she did that, there's no fucking way they could have gotten away with it. They needed well, Trump. Well, with Hillary Clinton, there, I mean, there was a 16-year plan Do you think, do you think Hillary Clinton would have pulled off the lockdowns, Josh? No way. No, no, no. So with Hillary Clinton, there, we got to go back to 2015 if you want to discuss that aspect of things. Because there was a lot of rhetoric. The U.S. had just cooed Ukraine came in there, established that. We had uh, Yanovic, who was thrown out, who was friends with Putin in the Kremlin. Putin yep. had already stated that if the United States puts military defense missile shields up in Poland and Ukraine, it's yeah, going to be What does that have to do with war. Trump, though? What did it has a lot Trump? to do with Trump. It, it shows a mechanism of why a lot of people in powerful places, especially on the global side, various different factions, would not want Hillary Clinton in place because the plan, the 16-year plan that has been laid out for a very long time, was that there was going to be war with Russia in 2016 to 2018. And Putin even declared this. This is why he left the nuclear proliferation treaties during this time. And so when Trump came in, all of that was really avoided. 
But we knew that after the, we were talking about this back in 2012, 2010, 2008, that it was going to lead to World War III and eventuality. What comes out of that is the biowarfare component after that to depopulate the world from that point. And that Hillary Clinton was going to be that henchman that brings about that. Well, that didn't happen to an extent because we did have 2020, obviously the bioweapon was released, but we didn't have the global war. This is why it seems like they're backtracking with this Ukraine proxy to usher this in right now. If you're asserting that Trump was some populist leader, that is really misleading people. It's really, really inaccurate on many levels. This guy's got golden plated toilet seats. His companies were tanking, okay? He's not one of you. He doesn't eat McDonald's. I don't Have look been- at him as one of me, but no, what no, I can no, look at him one is, of us. is, is we, an aspect of the of factions. We are in a war of the roses. No, no, but what I'm saying is there is nothing Trump has to do with one of us. He doesn't eat McDonald's. Have you been to John George's? Actually, he does. No, he doesn't. <laughs> he drinks, he John- eats McDonald's and drinks Diet Cokes. But- yeah, but have you been to John George's? Have you been to Mar-a-Lago? They serve pasture-raised beef, okay? That is for you to think he does that, okay? That's not what he does. You know, he may do that once in a while. These people live a life in a very different way. And everything is theater. Everything is how they appear, how to sucker money out of us. And I was in the center of that, in the heart of it. In 2000, November 4th, 2020, I got a call from Mark Meadows right here. I had done all that work in September of 2020, showing how the machines worked. I did the Michigan analysis. No one paid me a fucking penny because I saw as an MIT trained engineer how this stuff worked. No one had ever read the manual showing that vote flipping could took place. I did that. All right. Didn't, I, I probably got two hours of sleep. So Meadows calls me and he says, Doctor, and, and I had just done this tweet that was going viral on Michigan. So he calls me and he goes, oh, Dr. Shiva, how can we help you? I said, Mark, give me all the data. They have all the fucking data. I said, I will do analysis for nothing. That was, you had to strike the metal where it was hot. November 5th went by, November 6th went by nothing. Rona McDaniel's office calls me. And they said, Dr. Shiva, we want to help you. I said, give me the data. Okay, tomorrow we're going to be flying into the RNC servers. We're going to get you the data. Okay, wait, it, nothing. I did a tweet and you can go look at it. I said, dear President Trump, dear Mr. Biden, I have uncovered fundamental issues in the election systems in this country. Please contact me because I, I'm not sure if both of you are really interested in it. That went viral, 40,000 retweets. Eric Trump reached out to me via DM. And he said, oh, we are concerned. So think about... I'm here working in our office in Cambridge, right? Pretty well-known scientist, but you have the chief of staff of the White House calling me. You have the RNC calling me, a different branch, and you have the Trump campaign. I talked to Alex Ken. I said, Alex, are you going to give me data? Well, you know, I'm working on it. Nothing. Zero. And during that time in Massachusetts, and I'll play you a video, we were running the, because they'd stolen our election and we moved to a write-in campaign. And in that write-in campaign, we were exposing fundamental issues. I'll, I'll play this video for you, okay? Yeah, go ahead. Here. And, and I want to I comment on what you're talking let, about let, as let, well. Let, so let let's me, play the video this first. is what we did on the ground. We raised $2 million in a primary election, and the Republicans stole it from us. I was running as a Republican. I won in the hand-counted paper county, county and everywhere else was 60-40. So let me play this video, and... Um, It'll make it apparent. On September 1st, the working people of Massachusetts rose up to elect one of their own for U.S. Senate. They united. 
beyond black and white, beyond left and right, to unleash a movement for truth, freedom, health. 3,000 volunteers, 10,000 lawn signs, 20,000 bumper stickers, millions of phone calls, massive rallies, over 20,000 donations, funding highway billboards, ads on social media, radio and network TV, making Dr. Shiva for Senate a household name. The people of Massachusetts were headed for a landslide victory. But on the eve of election night, Secretary of State Galvin spread disinformation saying only 150,000 would vote in the Republican primary, 100,000 less than 2018. On election night, Shiva for Senate won in Franklin County by nearly 10%, but lost in every other county by 20% to an invisible opponent, neither heard nor seen, had no lawn signs, no bumper stickers, no organization, in short, no campaign. In Franklin County, ballots were counted mainly by hand. In all other counties, mainly digital scanners generated ballot images tabulated by electronic software. Evidence comparing number of votes to voters revealed blatant fraud. In Boston, 4,000 more votes than voters. In Newton, 1,700 more votes than voters. More votes than voters in every city for which Shiva for Senate received data. Mathematicians and data analysts discovered a completely improbable frequency pattern of voting revealing the software for electronic tabulation was set to reduce Shiva for Senate votes by 50% and increase their votes by 20%. More disturbing, ballot images were destroyed. Federal law demands all records, documents generated in connection with an election must be retained for 22 months. Massachusetts violated federal law. The establishment does not want one of us, working people, to represent us. When we win, they cheat. When we win, they rig their software to steal our democracy. You now have a choice. Accept election fraud, accept corruption, or fight. We choose to fight to escalate our movement for truth, freedom, health by leading a write-in campaign for Dr. Shiva for U.S. Senate to unite working people to build a defiant movement to expose and destroy their system of power, profit, and control. Join us. Write in Dr. Shiva for U.S. Senate now or by November 3rd. It's time for us. This is Dr. Shiva, and I approve this message. You see that card right there? We passed out 2 million of those, okay? That's way, this is September, long before freaking Trump, okay? Trump was using the word voter fraud, which is very different. So after that call, we got nothing, and I sent out that email. Nothing happened, however, I had done Michigan analysis, and you can look at the Arizona analysis with whatever data we could get. Fucking Trump used our data to raise a half a billion dollars for Save America, okay? That's what actually happened. And well, none of well, the- well, well, Let's then, also analyze the other oh, side. Well, wait, wait, wait a minute. None of the fundamental issues, and what happened was Mike fucking Lindell, who I know well, Mike flew me on. That's what I was about to get into. Mike fucking Lindell made up cray cray shit. The fundamental issues. He didn't make it up. He he was so no, the, the no. story behind Mike Lindell is he was given basically yeah, I, the data well, you asked for. He was given, Josh, but it was fake. Was, it was, was false. It was center. bullshit. I was in this. Josh, I was in the center of it. Okay, I, I was too. I, I I know the person who over looked over all that data, and well, it was all was garbage. It was bullshit. It, okay? it wasn't actually voting data. Right. Mike sold a lot of fucking pillows. Okay, right. that's what he did. All right. Let's be what he did, and a lot of people made a shitload of money. What actually happened, there are fundamental issues, chain of custody, mm -hmm. and the issue is signature verification. 
All these morons came out of the woodworks talking about bamboos, China hitting our servers. Oh my God. You go to the cyber symposium. Vatican, Vatican satellites. I go, Mike, this fucking data is bullshit. Okay. Yeah. The, the guy who was using it was Dodgers game. 4.1%. I go, that's out of freaking the hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy. I said, someone's fucking with you. He didn't want to hear it. So <clears throat> what fundamentally happened, Josh, was the entire election. Can I get some water, please? The entire election integrity movement became a movement that had nothing to do with election integrity. It was a money-making grab. But that is exactly how a psychological warfare operation operates. That's exactly how a disinformation campaign operates, is you set it up as specific <laughs> to be something. You pump in the data. You pump in all the talking heads that come in there that propagate that fake data, and then you discredit them in the end. And that's exactly what happened. <clears throat> well, what actually happened was Trump is is a is, um, – businessman okay he had jared kushner getting a two billion dollar loan and it doesn't matter how nice he was to me you know i visited there he said dr she was a great computer scientist he invited me but then he had endorsed the night before the guy who did election fraud here in massachusetts i refused to go this was in 2022 everyone else would have sucked his cock and gone we sent him an email so we're not coming because what you did and i said you need to renege the endorsement you just gave we were down in Miami after we got invited. I went in again because friends of mine are like, oh, give him a chance, Shiva. He's a fighter. Well, learned a lot in those two hours, okay? Reconfirmed everything I had already known. But the bottom line is we sit at a very important point. We cannot be giving people any buts or any of these kinds of, well, you know, he had to do this. Uh-uh. The effort right now should be built on building a bottoms-up movement not on supporting the lesser of two evils, not on talking about all these potentialities because, and that is what we've created because after what they did here in Massachusetts, we recognize that the foundational issues here are that they are now in 2024 putting forward the obvious establishment. It'll be so, Newsom and-, and Let me ask you a question here. So let me ask you a question. And, and the, I, I and really the want to get your, your perspective on this. So the same thing that we saw happen to Trump happened to you in Massachusetts, and I'm not denying that. But, but Mark we Meadows reached out to you. Eric Trump on. reached out to you. Uh, Ron McDaniel reached out to you. What was the point of reaching out to you in the first place if it was so, all a scam? It was a scam. You know why? Because our shit was going viral, and everyone's saying, oh, my God, Dr. Shiva is really exposing this. Dr. Mm -hmm. Shiva, they wanted to be affiliated with me. That's why. Oh, Why yeah, didn't they become affiliated with you? All they did was a phone No, no, no. They could, they, all they needed to say is, oh, we're working with Dr. Shiva. We're working with Dr. Shiva. They did bullshit. Their working with Dr. Shiva was to get the credibility so they could go raise a half a billion dollars. Okay? And if you look at Arizona, the foundational issues in Arizona, man, and just to give you an idea, <laughs> there was some moron running out there talking about, he, he was. Get, they were giving him a lot of money this call. Jeff, Jeffrey Fulia, that's his name, a.k.a. Jovan Pulitzer. His, his original name is Jeffrey Fulia, okay? P-H-I-L-Y-A, okay? This fool was talking about crazy stuff, crazy shit. Didn't even know how to read the CRV records. Making, and you can talk to crazy shit. And they were cha-ching, 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 making money, including the Cyber Ninjas guys. I was called in by the Senate, and I did a really deep PhD-level analysis and the foundation of their real issues that have to do with the fact that the signature verification is flawed, curing is not done. It's a very beautiful scientific paper. Mm -hmm. Now that, and then, then I started seeing this fools, including Lindell, 
making crazy fucking money selling pillows. And I couldn't deal with it. Well, and he's not doing too well right now. <laughs> Mike's doing pretty well, okay? Uh, so they just the had an auction. I live in Minnesota. They just auctioned off a whole bunch yeah, of stuff, well, closing down factories. Okay, uh, well, here's the bottom line, okay? There are real issues. Chain of custody, which is still not resolved, and signature verification. I agree. And what these fools did is that they made a lot of money. Talking about crazy shit. Trump made a lot of money. They did not solve the fundamental issues, which is the chain of custody issue, the, the fact that AIs on the machine, no one has set policies and how they decide what's a vote and what's not a vote. And I have all the data. They're beautiful pieces of work we've done. Okay? Very proud of it as much as, as I'm, my MIT PhD work. This was stellar work. In the middle of this, a guy called Patrick Byrne was funding these fools. And he knew that I was going to expose this fool, you fellow. And I was the night before I was going to go on a video. He goes, Shiva, don't expose him. Don't expose him. Uh, I'll give you $250,000. I go, are you trying to bribe me? A few days later, for the work I did, $50,000 hits my bank account. And I, think I still have it somewhere here, okay? I returned it, okay? Most fucking... Grifters would have taken that money. I said, where did this money come from? And we returned it. So you got to understand, I'm a very different animal. I'm not into excusing these fuckers. I've hung around them. I've been in Malibu, all the great restaurants, everything you want to say. But I despise them because they take advantage of you. And we cannot mislead well, They don't take advantage of me. I, I, I think that what we're talking about here is they take advantage of the people. And they this take, is typically and what you, you have. Because you, because you I'm, I'm sorry to say, you are, don't use the word but. These people do not deserve one nada, not one fucking inch okay go ahead go ahead now, one is, trump has made 55 million dollars in his fucking golf course which wasn't making any money with liv with the fucking saudis jared fucking kushner ran slum lords so fucking slum lord in somerville the guy couldn't even get into harvard his dad had to pay 2.5 million dollars i used to live in livingston new jersey where both of ivanka and jared lived i know this world and two billion dollars in interest-free loans Attack Hunter I, I, Biden. Trust me. And attack I, 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 I fucking okay? hate Jared Kushner with a passion. Exactly. Okay? Well, you should fucking so, hate Trump too, because he fucking took us for a ride. All right. Well, I, I see. I see it from a different perspective. And this what is perspective? what the perspective of enslavement. Well, the one you wouldn't let me. One, the one okay. you wouldn't let me continue on and explain before you kind of jumped in. What I'm trying to say here is that I think there's a highly dynamic system at play here. What we're talking about is we're talking about a billionaire politician. We're talking about corrupt politicians, evil politicians. We're talking about a hidden hand behind the global system and various different factions that basically provide the functionality of how all of this integrates and works together and whose hand, their, whose ass their hand is up. And that's kind of how the whole world operates. At this very small level of myself uh, and, and other people, other traditional voters, Okay, what we have is th there's a sense of power powerlessness, but when we can rise up, when there's a movement that comes about that's so great and people can unify together and start having conversations exactly like this, this is how revolutions are created. No, right? revolutions are not created by waiting, by thinking Donald Trump is running a populist movement. Well, that's not, I've never, well, so hold on. Yeah. I've never said that Donald Trump is a savior. I've never said that Donald Trump's going to well, save you, us. You said, I don't even why, think the fucking 2024 is, election is going it, to happen. I know, but where is this thing with Trump? Why Why are you saying, well, Trump, you're, there's something in you that has this soft heart for Trump. What is that? Well, I think that there's a movement here. 
that there is this. I, I wrote a uh, a tweet a few weeks uh, ago. Wait a minute. Wait. And I, there's and I explained a it out here. There's a movement. There's a movement of working people, Josh, who are recognizing they're being fucked. And that Absolutely. movement, just like what Bernie Sanders did, is going to be brought back into the establishment. There's a hijacking of an emergent movement taking place. There's a hijacking of, of, of movements all over the place, whether it's global economic, whether it's the war movement. Josh, there's always hijacking be, of movements. We, we, Josh, let's be, not be abstract. I'm not being we abstract. Must, I'm, I'm being realistic. No, you're, you know, when I get close to Trump, and all the contradictions, mm -hmm. he is not running any fucking movement. He's a fucking misleader. I didn't say he was running the movement. I said that he is the the face of the. I, no, I kept on saying head. I kept on saying the head. No, absolutely. Not the face. He absolutely face is of the what face movement. Of, the face movement? of if you want to look at it as MAGA, if you want to look at it as the modern conservative mm -hmm. movement that's wait, happening wait, wait, wait. right He's now. Face, no, but there's a much bigger movement that's rising. He's a face of a misleading movement which has nothing to do with the american people he's a face of what we call if you want to call it a social democratic bullshit cult which aims to do exactly what you're doing historically whenever the actual dark matter 60 70 percent of people start getting interconnecting these things the establishment creates the establishment top down creates this movement and that's what Trump is doing. He is hijacking the sentiment that's coming down as though he's some revolutionary. Far from it. What he did, he's saying, I'm going to obliterate the deep state now. Really, what the fuck did you do in 2016 and 2020? You didn't obliterate, obliterate the deep state. No, no. It, so, it, so he's not but, the face of a movement. He's well, hold on. I think, I think you have to look at this from a, a larger perspective. I think that I am looking that, at it from a larger perspective. That's right. From a system's perspective is that there are factions that control and rule over this fucking world. Now, no, these no, 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 no. That's wrong. Yes, no, there is absolutely. a people's movement, which comes bottoms up, which Listen, is uncontrollable. No, 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 no. The people are controlled and heard really? by the people at the top. Absolutely. This is that's why you have true. governments. This that's is why true. you have religion. No, you, no, 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 no. You're talking about the the movement that you're talking about is brainwashing. We're talking when I say movement, mm -hmm. it is about a self-organizing system that comes from below, which has occurred naturally in history. And that is why you got rid of the eight hour workday. How do we get clean water and things The elites didn't want to give us that? That was a bottoms up movement. And do you, did you know the four workers who got uh, killed in 1886 in the United States? No, missed that one. Have you ever heard of May Day? Yeah. Okay, Workers where did it start? May Day, Workers Day. Yeah, where did it start? Probably from crappy working conditions at the beginning nope. of the Industrial Revolution. There were four American workers who were hanged in the United States fighting for the eight-hour workday. In commemoration of those four workers, and this is how deep it is, that they've eliminated this from every American kid's history class. In commemoration of those four American workers, the rest of the world honored them and it was named May Day. It was to commemorate those American workers. Seven American workers were shot by the National Guard in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And that is where May Day emerged. There's been a deliberate, and that is, and those, it was called a great upheaval. As that grew, if you have the basic rights that some of the rights we have, it came from those bottoms up movements. It wasn't from the elites and they needed to wipe that. Ah. The American Revolution we just talked about. No, no, we're not talking about the American Revolution. That was a revolution. No, 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 no. That was a revolution. That was a revolution of a capitalist revolution. We're talking about a workers' revolution. 
Okay, that was the emergence of the American working class, not mm -hmm. the landed gentry. Two different movements. Get your history correct. Okay, right. My history that, is correct. Yeah, but that what we're talking about is not the landed gentry. Well, you just said that you just said that no movement is created from the top up, and we just talked about two of these specifically. Which, which, which are, which are, the which American are Revolution. The American what? Revolution. The American Revolution. No, no, no. You don't movement. understand. At the time, the kings were the top people. The emergent merch, merchant class was from below. The East India Company was the most no, powerful no, 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 no. company in the freaking no, no. World the American. We're time. talking about the American merchant class here. They were far different than the kings. They were in an emergent capitalist movement. Merchants at that time were just mm -hmm. starting to come. In 1657 is when you really have the concept of the concept of a worker. And we can have a longer discussion. I don't want to, we can have a whole history discussion. I, I, but, I agree. We're disagreeing the on the sense of the, of the movement, but I understand what you're saying on a movement. You're talking about movements that are built from the ground up by the people that the, are organic and grassroots in nature. What I, and that's what what I occurred, was saying that's in what defense occurred. of my support for Trump, what I'm saying yeah. is that we have a yeah. No, no, you you can you can add the ad ham on all you want. What no, I'm, not to tell you is my perspective. what I'm trying to tell you is that what Trump You're trying did, to tell me I'm wrong on my own perspective, and I'm trying to tell you my no, perspective. I'm not telling you I'm not I'm not trying to change your perspective. What I'm trying to tell you is Trump is not the leader of any type of workers' movement. He is a leader of misleading the emergent workers' movement and the hatred that's coming up towards those that swarm. He was created, he exists to mislead people. And it is a fundamental creation of the swarm to confuse people. And this is a recurrent strategy that they built to create these people from above and to the psychological them, warfare and to create and to give them negative and positive. If they're in front of you and they're being indicted, they're part of the swarm. Okay. Mm -hmm. If Bobby Kennedy, who used to have less followers than me is being used to hijack the backdoor portal, the weaponization of government that we discovered here, it is part of this effort to create heroes from the top. And the real point here is that fundamental changes in society have always come bottoms up. When Susan B. Anthony went to the Democrats and said, we want the right to vote, they laughed at her. She had to go build a bottoms up movement. That's how, you know, if any women have- And the Rockefeller any, Foundation came in, funded it, and what well, we have well, is women's well, rights. Well, no, 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 but she, she yeah, because that's, that's how they learned to the co-op movements, like right. Trump. And the same okay. Rockefeller Foundation is the one Trump. that funded all the genocide in the early, late 19th no, century, early 20th say, century. No, Planned no, no. Parenthood, you're, you're, Margaret you're just, Sanger. You're talking nonsense. It's, it's not bottom, nonsense. It's if, historical If you don't fact. believe bottoms-up movements are what changed the world- well, You're trying to talk about a bottoms-up movement that was funded by billionaires. Which the bottoms up movement was funded by billionaires? You're the talking about rights, the Haymarket the riot. Was, wait, 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 Josh. The Haymarket riot, which four American workers died, was not funded by billionaires. That's what I'm trying bullshit. to say. It's, a, it's bullshit. The women's rights saying. movement, the women's suffrage movement, the Rockefeller Foundation came in, hijacked the, wait, this wait, movement. The workers' rights movement of the women's rights women's rights movement and the 1900s was funded by the Rockefeller Foundation. Yes, absolutely false. It may have been taken over by the McCarthy's and the Rockefeller Foundation later, but the game that they and funded. And I didn't say founded. Fund, I said funded. No, they didn't fund those movements of people going bottoms up who gained those rights to the eight-hour workday. Nonsense. And that is what they want you to think that all movements must come from top down. Absolutely bullshit. Well, no, no. I, firstly, a real true movement should start grassroots organic at the bottom with the people rising up, 
centralizing their power within themselves and not within any top and that has happened top throughout history. And, and i and, agree and, with you on that the type of movement that we need right now in this country it has occurred and the technology that they created in the 50s was to create the jesse jacksons the sanders the mahatma gandhis to subvert those movements and that is the role of donald fucking trump same with robert kennedy okay they talk the talk look at did they walk the walk? And the answer is a big fucking zero. Okay. And so that let, let, let's, let's, let's go into this then. Tell me how you, what your plan is, what, what you envision, how would you fix America? How would you obliterate the deep state? How would you go in and change this country politically? So this shit doesn't happen again. Let's be asking a very good question now. Okay. Let's talk about that. Okay. So if you, um, if you go to fu found fundamental, in fact, you know what? I'm going to answer your question with a video, okay? Because I got to get some water, okay? And I just, yeah, go just get some water. Play this, play this video and it'll help really answer that question. We have allowed our country to be taken over from within. And the end goal is you will have a homogenized world where we will become slaves because there is a condition among the elites that really thinks they're better than you deep down inside them that you don't deserve the freedoms you have. They don't. This reality is what people need to wake up to. And we need to all unite working people. There's only one movement that can do that. And that is the movement that we started creating here in Massachusetts, the movement for truth, freedom, and health. Look, I've been a student of politics since I was a four-year-old kid, studying revolutionary movements, left wing, right wing. There's a physics, there's a nuclear science to destroying the establishment. To build a bridge, you need to understand Newton's equation. You need to understand the laws of gravity. You need to understand Poisson's ratio. There is a way to build a revolution. And that's why I put this together. My goal is to train a army of truth, freedom, and health leaders. We don't need followers like social media. We need leaders, but they need training because the educational system does not teach them history, nothing. So in three hours, that's what I've started doing. That's the solution. Wow. We got to train people first with understanding what a system is, the dynamics of all systems that affect nature. The second is understanding the interconnection between truth, freedom, and health. Freedom is the ability to move freely, communicate freely, talk freely. Without freedom, you cannot convert ideas hypothesis into truth which is science and without freedom you can't really get to truth and without truth you make up fake problems and fake solutions which means you destroy our health and without health which is the infrastructure of us and our body you can't fight for freedom truth freedom health third concept is it has to be bottoms up working people people who work uniting and what the right wing has done is whenever you say working people unite that must be communist Meanwhile, they've let the Democrats run unions, which suppress workers, completely corrupt. But when you look at the arc of American history, it's been when working people came up. We need to go local. Every solution I'm coming up with as a part of this movement, we're giving the science, which is the truth, and then we tell people what they can do on the ground. Like with election fraud, you don't need to wait for some lawyer. Our goal is to train people to go local, to go local, to go local, fight locally. Forget lawyers, forget politicians, Forget celebrities. You've got to learn politics. And there is a science to it. They lock us down, we should be ready to shut them down. And the fourth part of this principle is the not-so-obvious establishment. So when you look at a system, there's always something that disturbs you from getting to your goal. Well, the biggest disturbance is the not-so-obvious establishment, which are those people who claim they're for you, on the left and the right, the Al Sharptons who tell black people I'm for you, the Tucker Carlsons. Do you think any true anti-establishment person will ever be on Fox or CNN? I don't think so. 
They both mislead working people back into the establishment. Without this solid understanding of political physics and theory, you're screwed. You're going to follow on the left wing, Bernie Sanders, oh, he said something, or Robert Kennedy, scumbags. Or you're going to follow some right-wing talk show host. They're not going to lead us to liberation. It's us. We're building a bottoms-up movement. And that political physics, it's a nuclear science of change. Bottoms-up. We have to organize to understand that there is people who talk a good game and then look at what they actually do, left and right. I'm sorry, Sean Hannity may say some good things, but I don't see the urgency in his voice to get something done. And it can only come when you weaponize yourself with the right knowledge. You need to be able to identify a rat. You know, Christ didn't go after the Romans, right? It was the Pharisees and the Sadducees who screwed him up. His own, quote unquote, people. And that's where we're at. So these four concepts I've built into a curriculum. People can go to truthfreedomhelp.com and it's an educational program. We need to train people in political theory. You need to have physics. And I've created that curriculum. People need to get educated. We need to get educated fast. And within a half an hour, an hour, I can teach people two years of MIT control systems. I teach people those concepts. Then I apply it. Anyone can understand it. And then you say, oh, I got to build a bottoms up movement. They have to get politically astute and then they have to go locally and act, not sit there on social media. They have to act locally, defy locally, do civil obedience locally, but with knowledge on how to build a movement. And the Senate campaigns expanded to the movement for truth, freedom and health, and they can find it on truthfreedomhealth.com. So people can sign in, they can get access to a bunch of videos. If they want to take a course and become a Truth Freedom Health leader, I offer a full scholarship there. But we want people to make a commitment that they'll study, that they'll get certified, that they'll go do activities on the ground. So go to truthfreedomhealth.com. Josh, the reason I shared that video with you is the following. If you look at any discipline, you know, you ever see those crazy videos on the old, uh, what is it, the PBS? You know, they talk about flight and they show these people wearing wings and trying to fly off and they'd all crash, right? Well, people did all that stuff, right? Icarus and all that kind of stuff, right? And then one day, guy, a very smart mathematician by the name of Bernoulli figured out Bernoulli's equation which basically gave the foundations of how lift and drag work and how you could build an airplane. Once you figured out these fundamental principles, thousands of years, people spent time killing themselves and couldn't do it. You could build an airplane. All right. But you had to understand these very foundational principles. We could never think about building a motor without the understanding of electromagnetism, right? An electrical field in a perpendicular angle creates a magnetic field, right? This helped us solve many, many fun, fun you know, we created, antennas and dipoles and all this stuff, but it would not have come without the understanding of Maxwell's laws. You go into building a bridge, you know, why is it you, no one, can anyone just sort of build a fucking bridge? No, you have to go and understand physics and you have to study finite elements and you, it's a craft, right? Yeah. Carpentry is a very hard craft to do a great piece of furniture. When you talk about building a movement, People think, oh, I'm going to just go build a movement. Trump is building a movement. Robert Kennedy, fucking bullshit. A movement itself is a system's dynamics. And me growing up as a four-year-old kid, when I was, when my mom was- Where'd you grow up, by the way? In Bombay, okay? India, in a small village. So think about my mom going to the well 
and people would say you shudra, which means like the N word. Okay, get the fuck away. India has a caste system. This dude Vivek is a fucking Brahmin bullshitter. Okay, big pharma shill. But they brought him in to take away this brown guy. Okay, to make me invisible. He's a Manchurian candidate. Okay, but if you really look at this, India had a caste system. Most Indians here are from the Brahmin caste. The fact that my parents made it here is like one in a trillion to a trillion. It's like someone uh, coming from the depths of doing slavery on a share, you know, in some place in Mississippi, making it here. It's even worse conditions than that. So I had to, as a child, when I first saw going to a friend's home and his mother made me stand outside as a four-year-old and saying, called me the N-word and gave me water in a different cup. I said, what the fuck's going on? I didn't know all this stuff. And I realized India has a caste system. America has a caste system now. But that started my journey to study everything I could do. I left left wing, right wing, everything I could get a hold of. And then when I came to the United States, I was very deeply interested in the medical systems, which is what my grandmother practiced in a small village. She practiced a very ancient system of medicine. After I, huh? Siddha. Well, the the superset of Ayurveda is called Siddha. Okay, and it's yoga and martial arts and all these systems combined. So my journey was, how is this woman with no degrees able to look at your face, figure out what's right for your body and contribute? And she was a village healer, okay? So that journey, when I came to the United States, I was very interested by the age of 14, I 13, I'd finished calculus. My high school had no classes. I went to NYU as a 14 year old kid. I worked my butt off, man. And I had learned all these computer science programs in the most elite program at the time, started working full time as a full-time research fellow at the age of 14 with people 30, 40, 50, 60 years older than me at Rutgers Medical School. And that's where I created the first email system, a system, not the simple exchange of text messages, right? And that's where I started doing research on SIDS, combining computing with what you would call today AI systems, pattern recognition. But I never forgot where I came from. I wanted to understand these larger systems of power. So when I come to MIT, which I didn't know of, Two weeks before, I went to a Jewish high school, and only Jewish people can be the chosen people of God. I was a, the smart darkie, right, who won every award, and that really bothered some people. They never told me about MIT. I mean, remember being, imagine being number one out of 600 kids, and you're the only dark student, and they, you, you're not told about, like, the best schools. Right. My mother had helped these two homeless people, and one of them had a crazy boyfriend who said I should apply to this place, and I did with a pencil because I didn't know, I thought it was a mental institute. It's called Massachusetts Institute of Technology. It is I, a mental institution. I've told this story many times. I didn't want to go. I thought these people were crazy. I was a center half. I was a pitcher, right? I was not just a nerd. Um, didn't want to go. And then my teacher says, no, no, you should go. You love Boston. The day I landed in Boston, I created a newspaper because I saw how MIT was treating its staff, its people. I always fought. And we created a one-page newspaper on a little flyer. And we used to print it. We'd steal printers. We'd use the Xerox, whatever. And we would, we scared the shit out of the MIT administration. We organized food service workers. We made sure more women and poor whites and blacks got into MIT. And if you go to any of those administrators, they'll still remember me. When MIT had investments in South African apartheid that Elon Musk comes from and profited from, it was my movement, the thing that we created, we mobilized all of Boston. We led one of the biggest protests of 5,000 people over the Massa Bridge. I burned the South African flag. We marched into the president's office and we forced MIT over two years to remove those investments. Okay? So I've been a ground activist, man. On the day That's of- awesome. 
um, a PhD graduation. It was me alone. I was getting my PhD under my shirt. I had this big sign, US out of Iraq. MIT had uh, some idiot as a speaker while we're conducting a fucked up war in Iraq. So half of the crowd booed me and the other half gave me a standing ovation. After I finished my graduation, I went to India for a two year Fulbright to really understand these ancient systems of medicine. I wanted to understand after I got all my PhDs, all my four degrees, how was my grandmother able to do this? And I uncovered that the ancient systems Ayurveda and Siddha matched one to one with engineering systems principles, which were created in the 1920s. One to one, man, it's a beautiful paper. I'll send it to you, okay? Please do, I'd actually, I'd be interested yeah. in that. Yeah, so um, in fact, if you want, I'll share it right now, okay? And it's, uh, and I can explain to you quickly, but what I had uncovered at a fundamental level was that the ancient systems of Indian medicine were not a medical system, Josh, but they were fundamentally an engineering system, okay? And they had used very different words. And the problem was over the last 400 years after British occupation, um, the people who practice Ayurveda and Siddha, let me bring this up to you, had no idea how to really explain it. So you had these guys like Deepak Chopra, you know, and these gurus who would wear their beards, oh, we're talking like this and give me some money and maybe you can give me a blowjob, that kind of people, okay? <laughs> Those people took over, became gurus. But what you fundamentally discover and is that the ancient system of Indian medicine were looking at the body in a very different way. And it was yoga and medical systems combined. And this is what I discovered. And that's why, you know, I, uh, I forced people to get off their butts. And let me share, share this. So this was a paper I wrote when I came back in the prestigious international systems of engineering. I couldn't publish in a medical journal. It says the control systems foundation of traditional, the Rosetta Stone for Siddha and Ayurveda, okay? And I had a, uh, I was, I was a research scientist at MIT at the time and a lecturer. And let me, I'll give you this paper. You can, but this paper goes through the history of medicine. But fundamentally, what I talk about is, if you take an MIT control system course, you will understand every system in the universe could be a dumb system. It takes an input and an output. It transports information, matter, and energy. It converts it and it stores it. Okay. If you take an advanced course, you'll get to what's called an intelligence system. You have a goal. A intelligent system, not as just a dumb system, input and output, but it looks at where it wants to go. It feeds back where it is and it makes inputs in the face of disturbance. This is how your thermostat works. This is why your body is able to maintain 98.6 degrees. Now, in the next part of the paper, I describe the ancient systems of Indian medicine, which have a very different lingua franca. But you know what I discovered? Karma and karma fall are input and output, action and the, and the results of your action. Fall means fruit. Vatha, Pitta, and Kapha are not some wacky terms. They are transport, conversion, and storage. And when you put the India yoga systems, the Sankalpa, Manas, and Indriyas, which people just think are some cool yogic terms, and you put it all together, this is what you get. So what I had uncovered was the ancient systems of Indian medicine here match one-to-one -one with engineering control system theory. Okay? I just gave you a quick version of the three-hour I love course. it. Okay? I love it. Absolutely love it. Now, once now, that, by the way, that stuff that I, I so I've been, I, I went to CU Boulder, studied physics. I was in the military for 10 years. I worked so in advanced okay. weapon so systems. You, so, so you love it, man. Systems now, theory is, is a passion right. of mine so, as well. So, so I had uncovered awesome. that the ancient systems of India, I had intersected scientific engineering systems theory with health systems theory, the same mm -hmm. shit. Then when I ran for office, I said, wait a minute. These same principles might occur in all systems, freedom.
There you go. The principle of movement of information, matter, and energy, transport. Mm -hmm. What is truth? Truth is the ability. It's a verb, actually. You take all sorts of wacky ideas, and with freedom, you are then able to use a scientific method or the process of innovation to get to truth or great innovations. It's a conversion process. And all of this cannot occur in an environment of structure and storage, which is your physical health, your economic health. Truth, freedom, and health, man, is not a fucking political movement. It is existence and life. So when I figured this out, I left off where Marx and Lenin had left off in some sense, where Thomas Paine had left off. These guys had figured certain things, but they did not understand system science, which really came to being in 1957 with the work of uh, Ilya Pergroni, who won the Nobel Prize for some very fundamental work. And system and revolution is where Lenin got certain things wrong. It's not called state and revolution, it's called systems and revolution. And now we've made this into a course. I can take anyone. We have a hairdresser. She's been teaching a PhD for out of uh, uh, out of University of Chicago. So we are like Prometheus bringing fire, number one, Josh, without theory, there will be no revolution. Just like people jumping off the airplane and without Bernoulli's principle. So that is very foundational. Step two, we have to build community. This has to be people getting on the ground. You know what people can do? We tell people, you know what? They're never going to make us visible. We're going to go to hardworking, independent podcasters like you. Everyone get a little bumper sticker, put it on the back. They're promoting Kennedy because he's a not so obvious establishment. They'll create controversy around Trump. They need him. Second thing, we need to have people get on the ground. So in 2020, man, I did video after video and we got on the ground. You can go to our website. We taught people on vaccines. We taught people on vax mandates. We were doing that groundwork on the fucking ground. It's not sexy. Get up at six in the morning, go in the bitter cold to hand out flyers. That's what we do. Number three, we have, we've created a technology infrastructure. So we're no longer relying on these people. I donated my data center here, all right? So this is deeply important. And when I see Trump and fucking Kennedy steal our shit, that's what Mahatma Gandhi did. That's what Martin Luther King took the words, not the deeds. And that's why I hammer at them, Josh, because the last, I'll give you, we had a medical doctor, very smart guy out in California. He had just seen Joe Rogan's video with this other doofus. I call him booby fucking Kennedy. You know, Rogan will put him on. He follows me, but will not put me on because I'll expose him and he'll lose probably 50% of his followers after I'm done. And I say that with the utmost humility. You can call me arrogant and I can say, fuck you to you. Okay. It's the truth. (laughs) I agree. But here's the reality. So this guy, smart guy's watching, and he was going to write a checkout for, for 25 grand, help him out. And then somewhere out of the blue, this video pops up where I'm bashing Rogan and explaining this. He said, Shiva, for two days, I had cognitive dissonance. Everything you said was right, but it took me a while for my neural network and my brain to absorb it. He came to our movement. He signed up. He's going to help us get on the ballot. You see, that's what's happening. But because we didn't figure out this physics, man. Because the physics didn't exist. Lenin didn't know the physics, Mark, because they didn't. we didn't develop system science until the 1900s. And it took until 2000. Redevelop. 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 But it took 2007 for a guy like me to intersect it and to show these principles are the same. And then to combine with political theory. So when you study this, you can apply. Dude, you know Ayurveda, right? You seem to know it. So I took Ayurveda and I've made it for the masses, Okay. I can teach Ayurveda so you don't have to get go banged by some guru, okay, and pay him pay him something, okay, or give Deepak Chopra $50,000, okay? 
uh, for some course, okay? Free, okay? So you go to your body or system. I think tonight there's a thing you can join it. So what I've, this is one stream of what we've done. So let me, let me show you this. So when you go and you become a warrior scholar, my goal is to educate as many people and we give away this to as many kids as you can, absolutely free. You sign it, you go through the course and you can give it to as many children as you want. So let me show you this, okay? So what is this? Well, first of all, the thing we tell people is that you have to overcome this. The, the establishment wants us to behave here, Scott. They want, there's lots and lots of information. Information is not getting people smarter, more true, more free, right? We got all these people, two and a half billion people are gonna be obese. 51% of people feel hopeless. Um, by in the next 10 years, half of the world is gonna be obese. And the reason this is occurring is through the lens of ignorance through illusion and confusion. They want people to get complacent. Shit, I give up. I'm depressed. Oh, I'm going to vote for Trump or Kennedy or DeSantis. And this is happening because of these fellows. They have the gurus. They have the Trumps. They have the Kennedys. These people are entertainers. They're the machinery of ignorance. And it takes a lot to get to this. But what you find out is that knowledge is different than information. It is the ability to intersect things. And that is the science of systems that I just shared with you. And then you get to wisdom. You get to wisdom, you get clear. You decide, I have to make change. There's no fucking Messiah. There's no guy in some golden toilet plate of shit is going to do anything. I have to do it. Well, when you get to that point, you have to decide, I'm my own guru. And guru means dispeller of darkness. And my contribution is I've created that system. And that system begins with people, A, this is a course I used to teach at MIT. You get it. Number two, learn the physics. Sit your ass down and learn. Learn the theory. And then I give people tools they can apply this to their own body. So instead of going to an Ayurvedic guy and paying him a shitload of money, I have translated. This was my Fulbright work. Ask a set of questions that will figure out your body system type, which is called your Prakriti. Then you figure out when your body's off course. And then you figure out how particular foods, yoga exercises, they're manipulating transport, conversion, storage, Josh. Books, we do special lectures. We, and we have a learn, teach, and serve system. In some ways, like the Montessori system, but much better, okay? Then I do one-on-ones every day. We've created a global community. But most importantly, we get people on the ground. One-page leaflets, and we create out our own version of Twitter, Facebook. And we don't sell this. We give it away. But fundamentally, we needed to create that infrastructure. You follow, like, Bernoulli's principle. Oh, absolutely. No, it, and you know what the real surprise is going to be, Dr. Shiva? is when science catches up to the logic and rationalism that systems theory that you're pointing out right now is how the entire universe is actually encapsulated and operates. That everything fundamentally operates on the same basic and that's, principles. That's what we've done, Josh. We've done it. It's done. It's built. Now what we do is, you know, it's fascinating. In 2020, a lot of the people came to us. we thank you, Dr. Shiva. You're fighting the vaccine. It was very opportunistic people. Fine. We did it. But in 2023, people are coming to us. Our people are overcoming Trump and Kennedy. And these are very enlightened souls. They get it. They really get it, man. It's very exciting because, you know, my running for president is important because you have the left and the right, one dimension of bullshit, and you have the obvious and the not so obvious establishment. It's a grid they've created. So if you don't get caught between the obvious left and right, they're going to give you the not so obvious left and right. But it's all going to bring you back to the head of the establishment. And historically, we've always said, right? Think about how many times someone said, oh, only a bird can fly. Oh, there will always be elites. Everything will come top down. And that's why I was, you know, going off here with you, okay? 
These have been fundamental concepts that we're bashing. We figured out how to overcome flight. Who would ever think there'd be a toilet 30,000 feet up and you'd be getting served filet mignon? Unbelievable shit happens because we understood Bernoulli's principle. Who would ever think we'd be transmitting stuff from here to here halfway around the world because we understood Maxwell's laws? And I'm here to tell you the son of a low caste untouchable has figured out those principles to liberate people. That's what I figured out. That is the scientific principles. And, and I've created that fire. With all due respect, it's here. And we are mobilizing that movement. And that movement is going to come from the 20% who get it. Who said, fuck Robert Kennedy, fuck Trump. Because the future is us. Because a swarm wants you always to pay obeisance to them. Not to us. And that is a fundamental thing. And this has been the fundamental quantum principle, which I figured out. Well, and it's interesting, is- too, because... The- I don't know. I, I did a lot of work, uh, thirty about 25, 30 years in uh, researching the esoteric mysteries, the occult, a lot of ancient history and, and oh, really? ancient mysticism. Yes. Well, you and like so, this, Ed. You well, like this. You want to know what the interesting thing is, is about 10 years ago, I found the same exact thing hidden within all of this in the old scriptures with systems theory. Is that what yep. we have is we have a universe designed around a system of exchange that everything is dependent upon exchange and transmutation of energy producing system A, system B coming together, producing an emergent effect of which more complex, more structured, more intelligent continues to process over and over and over again. Exactly what you're saying here with systems theory. Right. So that's a very abstract concept. What we've done is taken right. that abstraction, made it very, very discreet. OK, it's one thing to say that. It's another thing to organize it. It's one thing to say, oh, yeah, there's electricity. It's another thing to build electrical engineering as a discipline. Well, that was okay? a 15-second overview. But no, absolutely. No, no, no. And what, what we have to do is, is build this in the sense of a, a – so, so I, I agree with you. We need a new paradigm of thinking is what we done. really need here. It's done. Okay? Jonathan – MIT has a systems dynamic course. Okay? You pay $8,000. Jonathan Sturman sent two of his students to my course. Okay? So we have figured it out. And the thing is, we're taking, it's like literally, we're taking system science to the masses. Right. You had the blueprint. But what I'm saying is, was no, not beyond the blueprint, the actual mechanics, the course, the actual, we've set up individual courses, the quizzes. Until it's implemented in society as a new paradigm, it's still, we are implementing it. It's a framework um, and a blueprint, right? Our movement is the reflection of that in real time. All right. We implement it. If you go look at what I've done with Cytosol. Cytosol has implemented that. We're, we, you know, my PhD work is the manifestation of system science. We have the ability to mechanistically model every pathway in the world. We've discovered, you know, we got a, we've discovered combinations that, and it's a longer discussion, Josh. Anyway, yeah, no, I have to do a call, I, but it's I do been too, very, but... very, you know, I, I really uh, appreciate uh, this discussion. I appreciate your openness. Um, but the bottom line is we've created that infrastructure and had this infrastructure, our parents should have done this, frankly. It should have been done in 1940s and the 50s, okay? And so, you know, but we've had to do this. So we've created that entire infrastructure. It's a system. It's People say, what is truth from what's a system? It's an educational movement. It's It itself is a system. You can't put it in one word, man. Yeah. So anyway, I, I really I agree with you on that, all that, man. And I, I hope that I, we I can think, actually have a conversation would, on that specifically some other time. Yeah, yeah, I think you would enjoy it and get involved. Where are you out of, Josh? Uh, Minnesota right now. Oh, okay. We have a lot of people in Minnesota, man. I was out there. 
because we have a guy who, who does elk farming out there. Cool. And we just helped him analyze the elk stuff with, um, and we helped him reformulate his product with local North American herbs, you know, on some very powerful effects. But we use Cytosol to do that. But we did a whole car trip out there and back. But uh, we have a lot of great people in Minnesota, you know. Um, cool, man. Yeah. Well, we're going to stay in touch. We're going to talk. And for everybody out there, I'm definitely going to get Dr. Shiva back on. And we're going to do a Friday night in-depth on systems theory. I think that that would be a great discussion. Just a physics well, well, science to, and amateur. Actually, this evening, uh, we have a nurse who, who's actually teaching our Your Body, Your System course, right? At 7 p.m. We give it away cool. for free. Okay? So you actually learn system science and people go down and they actually learn how to use this very powerful tool. So you don't have to fly 10,000 miles or be taken advantage of by some guru. Okay? Awesome. Take Perfect. care, everybody. Cool. You guys Thank have a great you. night. Okay. Okay, everyone. That was my uh, uh, discussion with Josh Reed I'm from Red Pill. And the bottom line is we need to build a bottoms-up movement. I have to uh, sign off because I have a uh, meeting coming up. But we have a very, very interesting opportunity. And for all of you listening, step one, go, go to Shiva for president. This is a simple action you can do to build this bottoms-up movement. Put this on the back windshield of your car. Just go to shoot for president, order them. They're nothing, you know, get more of them. But if you order more than one, don't just give it away to a friend. Make sure you put it on his car, okay? Because some people just leave it on their dining room table. The other thing is volunteer and donate. Go to shootforpresident.com. Um, and when you donate, by the way, this is a reciprocal relationship. I give you books and knowledge um, and we want to educate you so you're not dependent on me. You become dependent on you and you become a leader in your community. So as I close out here, let me just play this video, which will inspire you not only to become part of the Truth, Freedom, Health movement, but to support this historic campaign uh, that's really about us. OK, it's time for one of us. OK, so here we go. Uh, let me just play this right here. The, uh, where is it? Here we go. Who would have ever thought I'd be running for president of the United States of America? I was born a low-caste untouchable in India's caste system, a system of aristocracy, oppression, and racism. My name is Dr. Shiva Ayadure. I'm an MIT PhD, a Fulbright scholar, a scientist, engineer, entrepreneur, and inventor. My family and I left India to come to America on my seventh birthday. I grew up in the working-class neighborhoods of New Jersey, playing baseball, mowing lawns, painting houses, and coding software. My friends and neighbors are Blacks, Italians, Irish, people of all races. As a 14-year-old, I wrote 50,000 lines of software code to create the world's first email system and was awarded the first U.S. copyright for email, recognizing me as its official inventor at a time when copyright was the only way to protect software inventions. I did that long before I ever came to MIT, revealing that big innovations can occur anytime, anyplace by anybody. Growing up, I saw politicians dividing us by race and religion in both America and India to have us fighting each other while they remained safe in their gated communities and in their playgrounds of Hollywood, Martha's Vineyard, and Silicon Valley. I'm a fighter. I fought racism and exposed their imperialist wars, fought for workers, and put my life on the line against global corruption. I never wanted to run for political office. All that changed when I saw working Americans as never before being duped by the establishment and the not-so-obvious establishment. Across left and right, we were being sold out and made to forget why we came to America and why America existed. Lawyers, academics, billionaires, celebrities and politicians, elites, Clintons, Kennedys, Bidens, Obamas, Bushes, black and white have hijacked America. They printed trillions for their friends. They delivered crumbling infrastructure, corruption and racism. They transferred trillions to themselves, dividing black and white, fear-mongering and fake science. 
Lockdowns and censorship, dirty air, food and water, pushing drugs upon us, making us sicker. We've been sold out. One set of rules for them and another for us. We deserve a warrior with a history of courage in putting everything on the line for you, who believes in you, not them, who has created a movement bottoms up for truth, freedom, health. I've exposed their lies at the right time, never waiting until it was popular. I've exposed their false gods who exist to lead you back to them. I've exposed their fake science of lockdowns and masking and provided you solutions to fight them and win and protect your immune system, saving millions. I exposed Fauci, galvanized the fire Fauci campaign when others remained silent. When they stole our election, we sued the government and Twitter in our historic 2020 federal lawsuit, exposing in bare view the government and big tech censorship infrastructure, the unholy alliance between government and social media companies. Where was Elon and his grifters? They stood by the sidelines and did nothing. They did not use their megaphones to help us when it could have made a big difference. Now our movement grows for truth, freedom, health, independent of all of them. Every day millions are learning the science of systems, the knowledge the elites do not want you to have, so you may learn how to think, stand up, and fight, independent of the establishment of left and right and their fake heroes. Now it's time for you to join the movement to win back America, to win back truth, win back freedom, win back your health. That's why I'm running for President of the United States. This race is about you. This race is about truth, freedom, health versus power, profit, control. We've had enough. They think we'll fall in line and vote again for their lawyers, celebrities, billionaires, and chosen ones from above. We choose our heroes from below, from the rank and file who do what is right at the right time, not when it's convenient and popular. They can never represent us. What America needs is a movement by the working people for the working people who are educated, organized, decentralized, and fight for independence from their systems of control. And that movement exists. It's ready for you. We don't need them. We need us to go bottoms up, neighbor to neighbor. My journey, your journey are all the same. It's our time. It's time we had one of us. It's time to win back truth, freedom, health, to win back America, be part of this historic movement, all the way to our victory on November 5th, 2024. If you're an American citizen, pledge your vote now for Dr. Shivaya Duray, the independent candidate for U.S. president. No matter where you live, you can be a part of this. Volunteer as little as 20 minutes a day. Don't delay. This is Dr. Shivaya Duray, and I approve this message. Paid for by Dr. Shiva for president. All right, everyone. I hope that was enjoyable. That was a long and deep discussion. We covered a lot of topics. Um, I think Josh is, uh, uh, you know, he's he's being um, sincere, and I hope our discussion helps him move out of this left-right, you know, obvious, not so obvious establishment um, areas, and to really understand that it's the power of systems thinking that really helps you really understand the only way out of this is to build a bottoms-up movement. And historically, things have not come top down. And this is a fundamental issue. Things have always come bottoms up. All right, everyone, be well, be the light.